You did a re you you did a restart of your computer. Sometimes that's all it takes, isn't it? You know, I'm just happy to be here, Jason. How are you? Mm, I'm pretty good. I'm actually feeling a little sluggish today, kind of slow moving. Did you smoke too much cat piss yesterday? <laughs> I forgot about cheetah piss. Um, <laughs> I did not smoke too much. No, I think it was just kind of the heat fuck me up like I, I did a lot of exercise yesterday and i was out in the sun working out you know punishing the body after kirsty godso's podcast after receiving high praise from physical fitness trainer joe holder who recommended me a liver <laughs> was, cleanse just to be clear physical fitness trainer joe holder was complimenting your podcast hosting not your body or workout skills you, we don't you know, know that, that right? for sure he just said <laughs> he just said don't sleep on tj and we don't know what he was referring that's to that's a good point i guess I my guess ability can... to navigate the world of nutrients it could be that <laughs> it could be my podcasting ability you know yeah. i you're the one who brought up the turkish getup, and i know that's going to get his big dick hard so it, there's that's any true. number that's of, of uh, physical fitness feats that's true that i accomplish on a daily basis that could really turn his page that's a, that's a good point. I'm I'm sorry for for limiting my worldview on all the skills that you have. That's fine. It makes me stronger. Yeah, that's true. I'm, yeah, the heat is oppressive out here in in big LA. Is it? It's almost enough to turn Chris away from being a climate denier, but not not enough. <laughs> no, yet. Not, What's it no, going to take, Chris? What's it going to take? It's not that much. I mean, once Miami's underwater, you know, and I lose that investment condo, I'll think about it. But right, <laughs> you know, right now I'm, I'm still good. But yesterday. Yesterday, I, I took to the court with Coach Jake Davis in, mm -hmm. in, in an undisclosed location. Give me, give me 80 bucks or I'll say it right now, pussy. But the wild, so we were next to, we were next to this court and Jake was like, all right, you know what? Like, we need to just stop for a second. You need to watch these guys. Okay. It's these, it's, it's one coach who apparently was a number one NCAA player at Stanford, which is like a great tennis college. And these three young guys, I mean, these guys are, and then, you know, we asked them, they're, they're division one tennis players there's they're like just graduate high school they're doing their first season of division one tennis next year mm -hmm. um at, at a few different local colleges and these motherfuckers were ripping bro okay it was it was it was honestly inspiring but also crippling because you know you will never be that good or that fit because you're 38 and they're 21 do you think they could beat you they were like that good. They could beat anyone we know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it was crazy. Honestly, it was it was amazing to watch. But the footwork. You like checking out some young town, is what you're saying. I, I love checking out some young town. Like, hey guys, take your shirts off. You, you want to take your shirts off? <laughs> Look at you guys, all of nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, again, it was the heat was just. I mean, it, it's three thirty p.m. The heat is crushing. Yeah, makes you play a little bit better in a funky way, huh? It does. But well, that that does that reminds me of when I was building with uh, tennis instructor jake davis over the weekend uh at, at the fiesta and I, I and i was kind of lamenting about the wimbledon wheelchair games yes you remember, yeah, you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, line yeah. of conversation Chris? yeah he said he said all those <laughs> motherfuckers could whip your ass <laughs> well uh, he was he was saying I, I, was, I was basically saying like you know what i i had to pick my job off the floor when i realized that they let these fucking guys get two bounces on the ball and i have to only get one bounce yeah obviously you know you got to do something because otherwise it's going to be kind of a it's going to be a tough game to watch it was it's already very frustrating to watch as a mm. with a with a double bounce you know i sympathize of course for my wheelchair brethren and, and i was like you know what i could probably you know I could probably take one, and not not the number, not the top five players, not like you're saying, <laughs> not the murderers row, not the you know, not to do a Joe Rogan voice, but you know, just just murderers, you know what I mean? Yeah, just murder, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Eliza, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Stan Hope, <laughs> don't bring up Doug Stan Hope on this podcast ever again. He's a murderer, Chris. He's a murderer. Uh, <laughs> But basically, uh, and I was like, you know, maybe like the the 200th ranked player, you know, some he, he's he's a, he's a division guy. He's in there. He's mixing it up, but he's not, you know, he's not endorsed by anyone. He doesn't have the the lotto shorts. He doesn't have the Lacoste, of course, of course, um, you know, yeah. wheelchair accessories and things. Like that. He's like, bro, it, the 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 500th ranked person <laughs> will destroy you. And I mean, and then I'm like, well, sh I mean. He'll he'll beat me. He or she will beat me. They will beat me, of course, because they're you know they're professional. They probably grew up playing tennis. He, he was like, no, bro. and he's, he's like, like, they won't get. You won't get a point on them. <laughs> I was like, I'll take a couple sets off these fellas, and he's like, you will not. 
I'm not, I'm not, maybe one game. Maybe one game. I'm not going to win the whole thing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lift a, a, a like, silver platter no. over my head and, and start crying. Come down to my knees. He's like, you won't get a point against these people. It'll be it'll be forty love every single time. The whole thing's done in twelve minutes. And to that, I say, bring it on. Challenge accepted. If there's any nationally ranked wheelchair tennis players out there we want it send me a dm yeah we want we want the smoke i will be um obviously a lines judge i'll blast your ass look jake is a is a known <laughs> entity in the tennis community and i'm gonna trust him on this not your dumbass. so i would love to watch you get absolutely walked like a dog by a wheelchair <laughs> tennis player um hopefully i would prefer it be on clay so if you fall down there's like a lot of dust and stuff all over your body i think that i'm gonna would, get rolled out i'm gonna get rolled out aren't i chris you you are yeah you are it's not gonna be pretty but you well know, i mean how does how does the wheel how does the wheelchair work on clay though i don't know how that that's that could be advantageous for me you know that might be more of a handicap for my wheelchair broskies no i'm sure they can put on some you know aftermarket tires to kind of get through <laughs> that clay <laughs> what <laughs> seriously <laughs> I know, but it's still funny just you saying aftermarket tires. Like it's one of those longboard skateboards that you can go, you know, ride on the mountain. Customized? No, maybe they put chains on the tires, like, you know, like, it. like it's snow. And I mean, seriously, it's. it's I know, like, I know I'm, you're being serious, but somehow all the like friendly suggestions that you are proposing are somehow more offensive than me saying, like, all right, you wheeled cripple ass pussies i'll give you bitches three bounces suck my dick i'll we'll whoop any of you and you're like on all the nice suggestions that you're saying are somehow more offensive we call that's the, the that's the chris black touch um yes <laughs> you know touch. that's just that's what i bring to the table but after our after our session i i also mm -hmm. i did some i did something i've never done before jason i harvested <laughs> my din my dinner you you sang for your supper yeah jake jake has is turned into a true green thumb and has a full array of of vegetables and lettuces available on his um on his balcony garden i cut my own cucumber uh <laughs> from the from the from the vine oh baby and, and sliced them i mean i didn't slice them obviously he sliced them up mm -hmm. and i mean through it through just a, a little bit of maldon oh mm -hmm. bonjour just the way god intended you to eat this was it a, just a regular cucumber or were we going persian was it a lemon it was a regular it was a regular cucumber mixed in with some sugar snap peas with a and then with a with a burrata oh yeah i saw a picture of that the uh those fresh peas oh baby mm. yeah it was a, it was a delicious uh the taste of summer vegetable forward meal the kale was incredible i mean the kale from the hydroponic gardening thing is mm -hmm much better than the the kind of tough kale we're used to okay it's, it's it was it was interesting but yeah so i'm feeling i see what you're saying i'm feeling good jason i'm feeling good after i felt like i was really connecting with the earth all i all i did was snip a couple cucumbers off the vine but it really felt like i'd been working in the fields mm -hmm. you know what i mean it felt like i'd been <laughs> tending tending to my garden all day <laughs> Um, so you you pulling out a cucumber out of some dirt on a on a silver lake uh, <laughs> mansion balcony <laughs> that's that's you toiling in the fields earning your keep honest day's work for an honest meal i like that chris yeah exactly and it was an honest meal goddamn it and then for dessert um since you know mm -hmm. i'm not eating real dessert he had these incredible melons <laughs> that just i mean this shit is buttery chief i mean that melon is melting in your mouth like it's a damn fucking carob chip when i tried to offer you a, a piece of my Erewhon melon, you you turned your nose up at it. What's the difference here, Chris? It's not heirloom. Um, it's not. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it that night. I don't. You know, mm -hmm. out of the plastic package, it didn't feel very sustainable. Um, so kind of, <laughs> it just kind of turned me off to the whole experience. Wow. Even you could figure out a way to poo poo Erewhon. Oh no! I if you have gun to your head. But that was a great. Since I treated everyone to dinner, Jason was able to buy me an eight dollar bottle of water uh, as my dessert. Mm -hmm. that, that's what we're eating for dessert on the side. Chris, I wasn't. I didn't get any cocktails. Be thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that'll that'll double your ticket price 
with the blink of an eye. We know that you're slurping them down when when the fucking reposado is is a heavy pour. You know, TJ update. I think my body odor is starting to subside as the toxins. What what did she call it? The oh the sins removing the sins yes, from removing, my body. Removing the sins and it's it's sinny sin sin. All the sins is gone, baby. Luckily, luckily you have a lot of um, tank tops, so you're probably it's probably <laughs> a good idea to kind of let it air out versus kind of smothering it in, in dry fit or even cotton for that matter fuck dry fit bitch ass dry fit <laughs> fuck, fuck, Nike. fuck dry fit do not know we do not fuck Nike. well while it. you were while you were enjoying this artisan farm to table sweet pea and burrata meal i was uh i was watching some hoops like a real man at turn tom's house yeah yeah because i know you love we had the roku fired up we were watching game four <laughs> of the nba finals i love this game and luckily, my bucks took it at the end. <laughs> Did you just need some time with the <laughs> fellas? Because I know you don't care about basketball. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a social call. I, I hadn't built with Turnt Tom in a while. And luckily, his uh, his his partner brought, o- brought home a, a trend trending item. Uh, right after I had eaten my Oishi influencer strawberry the fact that i didn't get one of those is disrespectful but before we get into your um right. once again one of your viral treats we should we we're, we can talk about it with our guests we will we're going to talk to our guest only about strawberries we're talking i don't yeah. care if he fucking does art or whatever yeah we're t- going to talk to matt mccormick today you guys probably are familiar with his work he is a a painter here in los angeles he has also done you know he has a clothing line he's got a fucking seltzer he's a partner in ray's bar in New York City, he is. Um, he's the guy that picked out Chanel for Rodrigo at the White House. Uh, yeah, he's he's he does it all. I mean, he's got he's got um, he's done a lot of artwork. He's worked with John Mayer. He's worked with Don Tolliver. He it was vintage. I mean, he tour managed Odd Future, which is I feel like an insane job that maybe one of your favorites almost killed him. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tap in with Big Dog and uh, see what's crack a lacking. I'm bloody excited. Oh, yeah. What's up, Matt? How are you, bro? Good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Look, man, never been better. It's a little hot. Are you downtown right now? I am, and the air conditioning just got turned on, so it's it's going to be hot for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> the, the AC? the I mean, that that your studio is is um, cavernous. Yes, and it just it, it just stay, it keeps heat. Mm. So, like, if, if it's not either left on overnight or it just takes about a while it's a big room so well look look big dog we know you're selling a lot of these paintings so you can afford to keep the ac on overnight let's you know let's not you know well my my partner at the studio would get would get upset if i left it on overnight although i don't think we've ever been charged for anything besides rent which is i don't know i think we have some semi-sketchy landlords who like (laughs) i feel like i've seen people on the roof like rewiring things from the you know they're stealing yeah i'm serious like they never someone that was here before told us something like that that it's you know whatever they gotta do it's not my problem they kept offering the fact that there's free cable on the lease and we're like this is like a this is like an artist loft space like i don't i don't really care about the free cable yeah exactly they're really pushing pushing that agenda yeah i i would I've never stolen cable before. I don't even really stream things illegally. And it's not because I'm a narc. It's because I'm not that savvy technically. I would rather pay $50 to watch Conor McGregor break his own leg, you know what I mean, than, than, to, than to steal that. That's money. So you are a narc. Yeah, that's money. Bitch well, ass. That's, that's, money, that's money well spent. But I do think that stealing cable is kind of a lost art, and I wish I would love to do it. When, when you'd see like a sign on the side of the road and you would just call the number um you know i I miss those days chris we're not all from the hood like you we didn't really grow up with that kind of stuff could you explain it Uh, i'm sorry (laughs) and could while you're at it chris could you um explain how you would escape the hood Uh, uh, (laughs) did you see that video matt did you see the how i would escape the hood video and it's the white guy rapping the mike jones no but i will have to search that immediately following this (laughs) you're like all right i'll be be right back give me one second chief i'll see you guys in a bit (laughs) it's actually rather important if i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know how many screens you're dealing with there at at the at the studio i mean i can get more i got an ipad and a phone sitting right next to me what so, do you do you know. with it what do you do with an ipad do you sketch on it i got it for like one specific job once because they wanted like an oil painting look without an oil painting budget so i was <laughs> like okay 
Oh, let me love that. So, me, so is there anything yeah. we can do to like make it look like oil painting, but just not oil painting? And, and I've been wanting to get uh, an iPad, like an iPad Pro. I have like a regular one, but you got to go pro. Yeah, exactly. You're not a social media intern. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, but keep making these digital oil paintings and you might end up. Though, you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, you might. I mean, that. seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, the iPads kind of took over tattooing like right after I stopped tattooing i didn't even remember that you did that yeah it was you know it was like one of these things where immediately following my departure from tattooing all the like really difficult or not all but a bunch of the really difficult annoying parts of it got way easier through ipads and you know different like printing yeah what does the ipad do dr Wu said he wouldn't do our podcast so you're all we've got (laughs) on this on this insider (laughs) info after after the the gossip girl shit you know understand understandable was he on gossip girl they they shout him out like like one of the characters gets a tattoo and like dr Wu did mine nice well evan (laughs) mocks on there so it's it's appropriate you know it seemed they're they're coming closer they're mm-hmm. getting closer. Creeping. The like, way you would do a tattoo just involves so many steps, which was honestly like a big reason why I wanted, started drifting away from it. But like, if I wanted to do a tattoo, you'd have to, you know, source some imagery or get the imagery. Then you'd have to like trace it on a light box mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. scan that into a computer. And that's already an updated version. Yeah. But now it's like, you just like find your image online, pull it into your Procreate app and turn the opacity down and trace it and then print it directly onto the thermofax where it was like before you had to like print it out a printer and then put that in it you know it's just like it takes a lot of steps mm. out of it damn i didn't i actually didn't realize that and i'm as you know matt i'm yatted up so it's kind of crazy yeah, you're, you're a tech guy so are is there like a backlight like just the way like analog music versus digital shit like are there like true true yeah. bro tattoo guys who are like fuck that ipad shit that's just gay bro like i i do it the old-fashioned way the the real man way loyal to the coil i mean it's you know there's machines now <laughs> that you know basically are like a pen and they're wireless and you know and it's like it's so easy to use but there's you know your traditionalists that would never be caught dead using that kind of stuff so that's like a tesla for tattooing yes yes exactly i didn't know there was a wireless tattoo gun now that's fucking crazy which which i saw recently a friend using and i was like man maybe maybe (laughs) Maybe you're back retirement for like one second you know i'm coming back but it's uh the setup is just there's so much setup you know it's just like it's a lot and to to balance that with trying to do the painting stuff it just becomes it's and that's even if you do a good job at tattooing we haven't even talked about if you fuck somebody's lineup and you're like and then that's eating away at you i've never done a tattoo (laughs) (laughs) it's more like it's it's like the therapy element plus all the like trying you know staying Uh, within the like guidelines of of health and safety and in making sure everything is sterile there's just a lot of elements to it um the actual tattooing probably makes up 20 percent of the process yeah i forget the tattooing is is a little bit like a you know a a therapy people want to talk because you're locked in for a long time yeah i mean that you know depending on depending on what you're doing we're looking at three four hours minimum and it's rude to be on your phone it's rude to be on your phone. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, I but don't... then you also get people like Chris where you're like, oh, this is somebody who like, I'm not getting a tattoo because I like this design. I'm getting a tattoo because I just need to get a tattoo right now and I can't explain it, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, I need to feel the hurt. I don't like stuff with meaning, really. <laughs> I'm not really like a meaning guy. So it's more about it's more about the beauty of the aesthetics and the art itself. That's actually really sweet. The time and the experience. It's a story. I, I could come up with a meaning. I could bullshit a meaning for every <laughs> one of my tattoos. But like... Like, I have my dad's initials really big on my hand, on the top of my hand. And I was just like, I want uh, letters on the top of my hand. And I was just, like, brainstorming with some friends. And that's where I landed on my dad's initials. Because I have, like, all my, like, immediate family members, like, names or some reference to them tattooed around my hand. So I was like, there you go. Damn, what's it like to like your family? (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly uh, well, it's, it's more like you know i don't even know if, the, the point being is like i do like my family but like it didn't that wasn't even part of it it didn't even matter it was just like that's like uh that's just like i want letters so does anybody have okay. two letters it's like an improv yeah. show all right give me two letters q l all right let's go yeah that was more the seriousness of it you know it was like i don't you know i just i grew up liking a certain 
look to like tattoos and so i wanted that and then i got the tattoos that fit inside of that but there was no like grandiose intention you know like well this represents my grandma or something i think there was one time where uh, a guy was asking if he could if he should fit something inside of this this cross i have on my arm and i was like oh well i guess put my grandma's name you know and then he actually said he couldn't which I, having been a tattooer myself, find to be insane because <laughs> I could have fit my grandma's name there like 50 times. Did you work in a shop like a proper or were you always doing it like out of your, your own spot? I mainly did it out of my own private space, but I um, I would work in shops when I traveled. The classic guest spot, you mean? Yes, exactly. I'll be in Melbourne July 17th to the 20th. <laughs> yeah. Start making appointments are open now. It was basically like the end of like a uh, real time with Bill Maher. I would just, you know, <laughs> yell those out at the Yeah, at your my, dates. On my yeah. Instagram. Tattoo yeah. shops, unfortunately. I feel like the last tattoo I got, uh, I was in Detroit. And I noticed on the way up the stairs with the tattoo artist that he was wearing an ankle monitor um, because he was on house arrest. Because he was on house arrest. And then I proceeded to get this. Well, that is Detroit. I had proceeded to get this tattoo that was pretty quick, you know what I mean? Because I only had so much time. But it was literally an hour of this guy telling me why he was on house arrest and how he wasn't guilty. <laughs> so it wasn't therapy for me. It was therapy for him. But I still had to pay which is a confusing you know, transaction, really, at the end of the day. But that's like a great tattoo story. Like, You're right. That's You're ideal. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not to take away from someone who, like, you have to get on a list, like, five years in advance. But, like, I don't know. I, I love, like, that the tattoo artist had, like, an, an ankle bracelet on or, you know, or, like, you know, the old, like, I was in the back of a biker shop and the guy was cooking meth, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> sure, like, of course. Yeah. It's a, it's a better story, you know, it, you know, for me. No, I, and nowadays you go into a tattoo shop with one of those wireless pussies, and you're like, "What's going on with you?" And they're like, "Yeah, dzz, dzz, yeah, my cat's got a thing right now. We're just kind of dealing with that. Got to go to the vet, you know." Like, I want to hear the house arrest story. Yeah, I mean, I saw a meme. I saw like a tattooer meme the other day, and it was it was basically that. It was like it was like tattoo fifteen years ago, and the woman. It's like, "Hey, welcome to you know Joe's tattoos. Uh, take a look at my book and let me know what you want." And then the next one was like tattoo twenty twenty one, and it was like, "So you're gonna have to sign up for our email, uh, you know, mailing list, and you're gonna have five minutes on this date to uh, get in line and possibly be able to put your name down." And if you, you know, like this whole long, <laughs> it's crazy, it, but it is crazy. But it's, I mean, I think were you doing was was your era though? Was everybody getting face tats, or was that was that before that? There were there were people that like would reach out, and and my thing was more. It was I I, I took more like the traditional stance, which was like I'm not going to give you your first one yeah. unless you're like unless you're really hot. Unless you're super hot and you have a three album deal with Atlantic, then I then I will consider giving you. The so what tattoo. what were I, I feel like every tattoo artist has kind of their rules that they go by. Of like I don't do this, I don't do that. You know, I don't do people of under a certain age, even if you have the the parents' approval, or I don't do dick tattoos or whatever. You know, I don't do names. You got anything like that? Uh, I kept it loose besides that. I just didn't really want to like tattoo people's faces. It was just kind of more like, it's not fun doing that. You know, there's parts of the body that are a lot more enjoyable right. to tattoo. Oh, I, I'm, I'm and catching so I would brother. usually steer people towards those, you know, it was kind of like, let's, let's do something that's going to be fun for all of us. And you're going to like in the long, in the long run. Seeing someone with a face tattoo when I was like in high school, that was some wild shit. Like that was wild boy shit. Like you did not. Oh, for sure. You you cross to the other side of the street if you see somebody walking with a face tattoo. I'm not exaggerating. I've seen three guys today with face tattoos. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not. It's so ubiquitous. It's still wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Chris, did you go to T-Mobile today? I wasn't at T-Mobile, but I was the undefeated gym, so that makes a little more sense. Yeah, it's it's much more common. Yeah, in the gym now. <laughs> yeah, in the gym specifically. But I mean, did you? So like a lot of tattoo artists though are you know painting that's like a you know i know a lot of guys that do that as well and the art necessarily isn't necessarily you know tattoo style or even similar to, to what they're doing tattoo wise but were, were you you were painting first then got into tattooing and then went full-time painting is that is that the trajectory when i got out of high school just go there like it was like i had two artist parents to show me the example that you could have a fine art career slash a commercial and some elements art career mm -hmm. um but i still like didn't know how to make it work and so it was just kind of like how do i do that and then at one point in the journey i was like i always loved tattoos so i wanted them for free and i and i drew things that looked like tattoos so i did that but 
as I got older, you know, my, my interests in art kind of, you know, evolved as they do. And, um, the point in which I decided to stop tattooing was that I, I had achieved what I wanted from it. That doesn't mean to say that like, I'm like, was like the world's best tattooer or like, you know, beat the game of tattooing. I just achieved what I wanted. And, and how I much money, that- how much money were you trying to make before you left? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, One billion dollars. You know? <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just, I, I got to a point where I realized I wouldn't be able to achieve what I wanted with painting and the rest of my practice if I stayed doing that, because it's really like we started out with it really time, time and labor intensive. And I, and, and I really tried to be like, no, you can do both. You could do both. And, and I, you know, and I, was proven wrong on that. At a I point. think what he's leaving out of this, leaving out of the story, Jason, is that once tattoo shop started taking credit cards, he was like, "I'm out." Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a ca- <laughs> yeah, I'm a cash yeah. only guy. If you're putting, yeah, exactly. If you're putting a back piece on an MX, like I can't, I can't rock with that. <laughs> I can't, I can't rock with that. This industry is not for me anymore. Yeah, we're done. Well, sp- speaking of that, uh, many people in the tattoo game are also a member of the greatest art game in the world, graffiti. Is that something <laughs> that you tangled with as well? I mean, like many folks i you know i enjoyed that as a young kid i never like got really crazy i mean i have i have at least been arrested for it hell yeah that makes that makes three of us jason you've done some hard time for tatting i mean for for graph right i did a i did a weekend bid in orange county jail yeah bitch (laughs) nice there we go i did a I did a weekend bid in the tombs in new york which oh god shit new joel yeah Big NY. He doesn't just have hand tattoos, bro. He's been to the tombs. This is hot. I had to use a, I had to use a, like a really disgusting sandwich as a pillow for a <laughs> night. Come on, was, dude. <laughs> I swear to God, because like the, in the room that I was in, like it there was just no bench room and there was like a crew of dudes that basically just chilled on the phone the whole time. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to try to take a nap. <laughs> It was like, it was such a funny thing. The cops like told me to like get rid of all my stuff. So I gave it to my friend who didn't get arrested, but I did. And uh, that stuff would have been nice. To ha- it would have been nice to have a jacket. You know, just like, like yeah, you give give that pillow and that melatonin to your bro. You're not going to need it where you're going, brother. They weirdly told me to give all my jackets anything that would have kept me warm because it was the middle of the winter too. They told me to give all the things that would have kept me warm to my friend, but told me to bring money with in. <laughs> Which is also strange. That's that's like I feel like that's advice. Maybe we don't understand why it was given to you, but maybe it was it was actually good. That that's a very odd. From the precinct I was arrested and held at to the tombs, they actually drove out of their way and went and drove in front of my house at the time. And I fully thought they were going to drop me off, and I think it was like some mean joke. So I, they, they were definitely fu- they were, they basically did what they do to people like you, which is like we popped you for for graffiti. You know, if we do a good job at teaching this guy a lesson and really like make this weekend bid like truly unforgettably bad, you'll probably never get arrested for graffiti again. Yeah, and like ended up it was at, terrible at the time. Ended up probably being a blessing. Yes, there was one more close call, but I got out of it, and uh, and since then my graffiti career is has been pretty strictly on random scrap paper around my desk but the the mirror in the hotel bathroom catch a quick one <laughs> oh a lot of a lot of the mirror in my or not the mirror the the, the glass in my shower i get i get hell crazy. yeah he's getting yeah, get the, the glass in my shower is absolutely destroyed right now with heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah jason's a, a, all my a, best tags a member of the graffiti a, a member of the graffiti community um and he you yeah. know his black book is pretty sick he doesn't really share it very often by appointment only but i i remember when i was in jail in orange county i I remember I, I was vegan at the time and I received a sandwich and it was like a bologna. It was just like two pieces of bologna on white bread plain. And I was like, well, I, I mean, at the time I should have used it as a pillow, but within five seconds of receiving it, a man walked up to me and was like, give me your sandwich. And I was like, okay. And then that was it. Damn. Little did he know I was a member of the vegan community and wasn't going to eat it anyway, so jokes on him. <laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't intimidate me, pussy. I I was going to give it to you anyway. It's not a big deal for me to give away my one meal here. Get that poison out of my mouth. <laughs>
I also got a milk carton that I opened and had a bug inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> so milk a bug. sealed a sealed milk carton with a bug inside of it is very cool. That's very very cool. It's a stain on the dairy community. I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I w- I got arrested in, in high school for it, but then when I was in my, I mean, Jason knows the story, but I got arrested putting up a sticker on St. Mark's. And and <laughs> was thrown on the ground by an undercover graffiti squad in a fake cab. Jeez. I had just I was on high because I was actually high on marijuana and I'd also just left a third eye blind concert. So I was really feeling myself. Wow. And they really ended that and I had to go I had to go to a jail on Avenue C, you know, for, for six hours or something. It was just crazy. But they like mm. they kept demanding that I had Coke on me. I'm like, guys, it's it's a Monday night. I don't have Coke on me. Check check back on Thursday, and I'll definitely have some. But the way they, they were so aggressive about trying to find drugs, I think that's the only way they get that shit to stick. Uh, otherwise, it's like you're yeah. you're gonna go home. It's not it's not a big deal. It's like it's not worth it for them. That is crazy. Wait, you were in high school when this happened? No, no, this was in. I was in my like early twenties. I was probably twenty four. Okay, I was gonna say you were the coolest high schooler ever. No, I, and unfortunately in high school I was very cool, but I was you know I had a interesting look. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure I'm sure we all yeah. all did. I don't know. Because yeah. were you were you into in high school? Were you like a hardcore dude or like a dead guy? I was like a goth meets hardcore kid. Goth meets hardcore. What are we are we talking about? Like Susie and the Banshees or like AFI? Be honest. Both. <laughs> AFI AFI led me led me to to Susie and the Banshees and Depeche Mode and all that stuff. I also had a I also had like a glam. <laughs> glam rock band at one point so we had like a big new york dolls Whoa. you know johnny thunder's face were, were you able to pull off those looks i mean i thought i was pulling off the looks i remember like going to like bowie's last tour we all would wear like leather jackets and ties and like you know i remember seeing the dolls and uh bowie and like older kind of glam rocky women would like come and you know swoon around me and the other little i mean we were like 16 mm-hmm. you know but i think i think we pulled it off i mean i i think that we looked like pimple faced kids in a glam rock costume but you know it's an impossible to look to pull off though the only people that ever pulled it off were the people that did it originally and it's you can't do it now it's impossible so it sounds like a very uh detroit rock city vibe Yes, it was. I mean, that was a, a definite favorite movie of mine, but it was very much like that, but even a little more New York-y glam. A little snottier, a little more drag going on. You had to put those, put your, your skinny jeans on with a pair of pliers, zipping it up. Oh, yeah. Very much had the skinny jeans. We get made fun of a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Uh, you had the last laugh. Girls' jeans, actually. I was wearing women's jeans at that point. Which, do you remember what model number of diesel they were? <laughs> I couldn't afford diesel. I had like... Uh, well, you got to rack like the diesel. Weird. Come on. You steal the diesel. I thought you were a graffiti head, bro. Come on. No, 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 no. That was... I became more of a graffiti... My fashion changed when I became more of a... I mean, I started... You stopped dressing in drag when you became a writer? Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I still did it a little bit because I started graffiti in freshman year, eighth grade with Alexander Spit, who I think some of you guys oh, know, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. we had a know? tag together freshman year and we would tag two per for the like nelly song give me two per i need two per <laughs> and so we would write two per two number two per everywhere cool that's a good that's a good uh two early 2000s graph name yeah stomping in my air force ones <laughs> this is this all sounds very cool so you were so you were up in the yay area then so did you ever have a high fee phase uh i mean for sure you i mean you couldn't i like did it i did it like how could you not i mean how could you not no it, it was like you had to like mac dre everyone liked mac dre it was all fizzle dance this you know hyphy that his nation i moved to seattle immediately following graduation and they were also very into the hyphy movement and all that you thought there were a lot of white people who said the n-word in the bay area wait till you go to seattle right true yeah for real <laughs> Uh, well, Seattle, like it's, there's a lot more like griminess that you wouldn't expect. And I got thrown directly into that community, big graffiti scene up there. What were you doing in Seattle though? Were you just like working and hanging out? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I, I like, yeah, I was partying. I like, you know, it was like, I worked at the gap. I worked at a bagel store. Uh, I, I, I rode a lot of BMX bikes. I was hanging with a lot of those, like, you know, BTM guys Mm. up there and we would hang at Seascape, which RIP like every night. And, you know, it was pretty, I mean, it was like, you know, 
living with no money, being a crazy kid. Wouldn't have had it any other way. That's pretty fun. Too, it man. was it was super fun. But I, that's where the style changed. That's where I finally stopped wearing tight girl pants, and I wore a lot of like basketball jerseys with white tees over them. <laughs> so it really like switched up. That's mm-hmm. a that's a hard left. That's a hard left. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of like. Some starter hats with a flat bill that had shiny metallic dollar signs all over it, stuff like that. None of the metallic dollar. It was just more like I had to be wearing like one piece of Bay Area sports gear all the time, <laughs> and usually like vintage '90s kind of vibe. Although I would, I would also wear Sonics, like the Sonics crew neck, a lot because I was a big Sean Kemp fan when I was a kid. Sure, 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 sure. Mm, okay, so I- just in the last ten minutes of talking, we have the. <laughs> goth hardcore emo phase we have full glam we have hyphy there's there you've you've done everything what are, what are we yeah, missing? I, mean, I had to try it all i'm imp- i'm impressed by this i think i'm, I'm really i, I mean because if i look back on my shit there's extremes there's peaks and valleys but overall i kind of dress like my mom dressed me when i was a child to this day <laughs> oh i was i was very much about about acting out fashionably Always. I had long black hair in high school during that goth phase. I mean, my first concert ever that I went to like on my own was American Nightmare, Hope Conspiracy, very like East Coast, Boston hardcore. So like I was, I definitely touched into that world a lot and it was, was very, but AFI was, you mentioned AFI, they were very big for me Mm -hmm. in my, uh, in a, in a full circle moment, I just, I mean, I think Cold Cave, which is West from American Nightmare are opening for AFI in the next like six months. So it's a full, it's a full circle. We'll we'll have to make sure you get tickets to that. I would love to go to that. To be honest, like I, will <laughs> I'm not crying. Out. You're crying. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that. <laughs> that is a very impressive, but that's a pretty impressive run because you know now you're you're a very tasteful kind of like under you know quiet dresser. You know, what I mean, you're not a flashy guy. So you you traded the Sonics jersey for a understated chore jacket. Is that what we're saying? Pretty. I mean, I went through a really big uh, J. Crew phase in New York, yeah. and then I kind of moved to L.A. And I, I say this, you know, in a fun way, but my my style got destroyed for a few years in L.A. And then uh, nothing fun about that. Well, I was broke, and I worked on Fairfax, so I just you know kind of took what I got for free, and so now I've been Uh-oh. I've been working a weird like angle of that. You and Jason were both wearing the hundreds head to toe. That's interesting. I'm surprised you guys didn't cross paths. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we ran in very close proximity without having crossed paths because I lived with Brick, Stowell, and uh, you know, over at Normal, which was, mm-hmm. I think, more of a thing before I moved here, but I like was couch surfing Normal until I got kicked off the couch. And then I eventually came back. What'd you do to get kicked off the couch? We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> I don't even really. I yeah, this is pre sobriety, so I was, was just pretty. He's much like it could best. be anything. He's like it could be. Did, it could did you be touch anything. Trevor's laptop? What'd you do? <laughs> no, this was post. This was post Trevor. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm, we're talking about crypto crypto giant Trevor McFedries, uh, friend of the show, yes. previous guest, tech lord. Matt and I actually hung out uh, a couple weeks ago, and just, I went down to his studio to check out work and just and hang. And I didn't know about this entire phase of your life where you were a tour manager. So when does that come in? Because that's the worst job in the world. So that was around that I, I was living in New York, and I was running life like straight into the grave. <laughs> um, and I had been working at a nightclub called Sway for about five years and doing the, the New York nightlife thing. I, I have DJed at Sway before. I mean, I I went to Sway for the first time in, since I left, so like ten plus years, uh, a, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. It was a friend's birthday party on a Sunday. It was the same DJs minus Ben Cho, RIP. Um, it was a semi similar crowd, and it, I just had a full beautiful flashback. I was like really enjoying myself. That's great. Legendary spot for their uh, for the Smiths and Morrissey night back in the day. Well, well, they were playing the same playlist, yeah, the Smiths playlist. So I was just like taken right back into it um because it was brian DeGraw, so he knew exactly how to line it up but mm-hmm. we were talking about this the other day is that like living in new york as a 21 year old right now would be amazing and there was nothing better than like moving to new york at 21 getting a job in you know a cool nightclub and doing that it's just with my own kind of like 
over enjoyment of uh, <laughs> excess. It just uh, it, it only could last so long before the problems outweighed the positives. Yeah, you sleep in every day. Yeah, four you get o'clock. to drink on the job. Every, yeah. yeah, exactly. But Brick came to New York for Odd Futures, like big first New York show. We were catching up because I've known Brick since middle school. And he was just like, you know, like telling me about life in LA and, 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 and really sold it. It was like, come out. I'll bring you on the road with us. You can help me, blah, blah, you know, and, and so I moved basically overnight shortly there afterwards. Yeah. Ended up on normal with a, with a few detours in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up taking Spitz job on Fairfax. And then about like, I don't know, almost a year later, Brick and I started touring together and we did that. And it was Tyler. He brought me on for Tyler's like first solo tour and i kind of came on like one to help him and two to like help design the stage which was a massive learning experience sure uh had no idea what we were doing yeah it was i mean it was crazy it led to a lot of really labor-intensive moving of like insanely heavy stage objects which were definitely not planned out properly but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we did that for a while until I ran that into the ground and, you know, and Brick essentially fired me and I was living with him and, and I, and he also kicked me out of the house Well, they were moving and I wasn't invited to move. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And it forced me to, to, you know, stop living the way I was living and, and actually try to be, do what I wanted to do, which was what I do now. So beautiful. And you guys are all cool and everyone's bros now at this point. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm still best friends with all the guys that, you know, I was with at the time. I think they were moving. It was him and spit and lee and uh you know lee's at was at my studio yesterday he's here all the time lee from babylon trash talk big babylon trash talk lee yeah i mean all of our lives have taken similar but different paths and uh it's been really awesome to kind of like you know do that but yeah that was like a very pivotal moment was you know the ending of the touring um but also you know when i lived in new york i would just be so jealous of all these people that were coming in and out of town all the time that were like, Oh, I live in LA, but I'm in New York every other week. And I was like, man, I want a job or a life where I can travel all the time. And so touring like really kind of was yeah, that's an that easy solution. That's an easy solution to that problem. Yeah. Uh, if it, if it's handed to you, but touring is arguably the worst thing in the world. Uh, depending on, I always say this, the tour manager is the worst job on the planet. It's the hardest job. It's so hard. It's a 24 hour job. It's, and you yeah, don't get yeah. the thing is the artist, you know, obviously it's easier for the artist, but the other thing is the artist gets the glory every night. You know what I mean? People are clapping for them. They're, they're playing, you know, they're, they're doing this whole thing. You just, you don't get any of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just kind of come and you, you do your, you do your thing and then you, you, you do your thing the same over and over and over and over. And I think it's like, it's really tough on like the psyche. Yes. And you're also like, well, everyone you're talking to is like, man, you're living a rock star life, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're like, well, I see a, a bus. Uh, and a venue and a hotel. And, um, I don't really see any of these places I'm going truly, you know, every once in a while. And also the rockstar thing, no one cares about me or the tour manager. They want to, you know, they're like, you must be getting girls. No, none of the girls are there to like sleep with the tour manager. They're, you no. know, it's like, it's this whole thing. It's like, you know, but one, I made some really great friendships. Uh, you know, I mean, not to like get all. No, but I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, I did too. I mean, you know, that's, that's what I say this all the time. Tyler is like a huge reason why I like actually decided to pursue my career because he, I would bring like art supplies on tour. I remember like I had like a cardboard box of like cardboard box. So fire drawing supplies and shit that I would bring on tour, like pens and different shit just to like, you know, draw with. I always had that stuff. I just didn't like do it enough. And I remember very clearly Ty being like, you need to be doing this. You need to like make this, you know, like he's, that was like, that's one of the greatest things about him. He's really supportive of pushing his friends to like achieve what they want to do. And obviously yeah. he's really good at like doing that, but that was a huge, you know, that, I remember it very clearly because I would get up early in the morning and sit in the front of the bus and like, if Clancy was on the tour, he would sit up there with me and maybe Tyler would come up or whatever. But like, it would be before everyone was kind of like going nuts. And yeah. I would be able to listen to like my like old dad music and, <laughs> yeah, and yes. Clancy and I would like vibe on that. And like, whatever. <laughs> I think at the time we were listening to a lot of Gordon Lightfoot until the other guys woke up 
and then they'd be like trying to shit off. I love you two guys listening to Gordon Lightfoot at 8 a.m. in the front of a tour bus with, with Tyler. That's a very was, funny sight. Awesome. That's a very funny idea to me. Yeah. Having people like that around that, that kind of push you in the right direction is, is very helpful, especially if, if they're, you know, successful and clearly doing what they want to do. Yeah. You know, it brings that, it brings a little bit of trust to that conversation where you like believe them you know, in, in a way that you might not believe yourself. Yeah. That was the beauty. And that was kind of what got me to come to LA and, and start the process of stopping what I was doing in New York was like, I saw all these friends that I was, had either been friends with or knew over the years from coming and visiting that were like doing things that weren't jobs, you know, sure, I think that was sure, also sure. the age I was at, <laughs> you know, but like people that were like pushing in a direction. And I was like, man, I want to push in a direction, you know? And then that was the step after, tour managing i was like okay i've been i've been pushing these guys you know art forms or like helping them with their careers now i want to like do mine yeah you know? it's my turn so it was, it's daddy's turn papa needs a taste yeah pa- yeah exactly papa needs <laughs> you know, a taste. Like, you're all way younger than me i should probably figure something out soon <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's another that's a, that's another thing that will push you to to that edge absolutely absolutely yeah but i think that art specifically is is pretty intimidating you know what i mean the the, like the the world of it that we're probably all very familiar with but i think that you you have figured out a way to occupy a space that's like you get to do you know you get to do stuff that you want to do that's more commercial but um you're selling paintings obviously you're selling drawings you're you're publishing books so it's like you kind of get the best of both worlds which i feel like some people struggle with that I mean, it's a, it was, it was kind of like what happened with tattooing. You know, I, I wanted to, ta- I have a like a very clear memory of my best friend, like really being like, you should try to figure out a tattoo. And I didn't know anyone in the tattoo community really. I was like, you know, I, I knew the guys I would get tattooed by, but like I wasn't like best friends with any of them. He convinced me to like grab a bunch of my drawings and go to a tattoo shop and be like, Hey, you know, and. And they essentially laughed me out of the tattoo shop. <laughs> and, you know, maybe that was like a little fuel to the fire to like, be like, okay, well, I'll figure this out. But like, you know, I- I'm not going to tell anyone not to learn how to do something. You know, there's a lot of people in tattooing that be like, you got to do an apprenticeship. And I do understand and recognize and support the value of that. But no one was offering me that and I wanted yeah. to do it. So I figured it out. And eventually, like I, you know, I became friends with tattooers that I looked up to and respected and, and, and worked my way like slowly into that community. And, and that's essentially kind of the mentality with the art. Like, okay, like I still don't have a gallery. You know, there's galleries I could work with at this point, but you know, it's, I, I, I want to work with who I want to work with and I want to do the things that I want to do. And if no one's going to offer it, then like I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on my own and if not like it'll be all right yeah exactly like i just i i'd rather you know like i'm not gonna not try yeah know? for like sure kind of like you know and, and 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 luckily you know we are in a time where you know everything's changing you know and i think that there's a lot of value to the way that that it's gone historically and you know with the gallery system and and all of that there's also a lot of value to uh you know kind of like looking i mean what industry is there not someone saying i'm a disruptor you know i'm not here saying that but that's happening in everything all the time and so it's not like it's that crazy it's just like yes change or trying different methods is always been part of the game it's just you know it's a different time different place kind of thing damn i guess does that mean i'm a disruptor too this is awesome Probably. I mean, you you kind of run the gamut as far, as far as like you know what you like, and I think that you you work with you work with musicians a lot too. So you've been able to keep that kind of in your in your zone. It's very like important for me. I I don't know this like I uh, music you know, is live. Spotify music is live. Yeah, I mean, I I am that guy, but like <laughs> you know, in Spotify that gives you your stats at the end of the year. Yes. You know, and I remember look, I sent my the stats to a, a music friend, like. a a producer friend and he looked at the hours logged like listening to music and he was like shocked because i just like i have to have it on there's nothing i hate more than like getting in someone's car and like they don't listen to music while they drive or welcome mm. to me i'm a, ser- I mean, I'm, a ser- I'm a serial killer now bro i'm listening to nothing or classical only in the car well, at least there's some classical you know i mean you know it, or at least there's nothing i hate for myself yeah i just have to have music going all the time jason's like that you're like that jason yeah if if it's easy to not have silence you know i'll I'll make it happen thanks to our good friends at spotify (laughs) it's it's just it's like a it's for me music is so integral in setting a tone and so i use it to 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 set my mood it's like how i you know that sounds so corny as i hear myself say it out loud (laughs) no but but it's true my daily wind down Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
It's like I go home and when my girlfriend and I separate, like, uh, like she'll go downstairs into our bedroom and she watches her programs as she refers to them. <laughs> and I sit at the kitchen table and, and listen to music. And, and that's, and I just kind of, that's like my one time of the day where my brain isn't like trying to like tackle some. So she's watching thing. Love Island. You're in the kitchen, <laughs> glass of scotch neat. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're playing with a knife. Maybe you're not. You're just at that <laughs> kitchen table. Exactly. Taking long, deep sighs. I like, I, I sit there. I truly sit there and I, I, I smoke my like CBD replacement for cigarettes. And I just listen to music and I usually like, it's so corny, but like keep a notepad maybe close by or like I like obsessively look through my books and it's just, it's more analog than the television thing that I, Damn, you know, our man, I watch TV. You, you know how to wind down chief. This is some like, I feel like we're of talking course to you're not single. All the good ones are taken. I tell you what, this guy, <laughs> this guy sounds like a seventies movie star or something. Like I don't, you're hitting, lives the, like you're hitting the, the, you're hitting the dad grass. Is that your, I hit, I hit dad grass in the car. Cause I, I'll get those pre-rolls uh, every once in a while. Shout out to Ben Starmer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I have a, another brand that I'm like, obsessed with because it's 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 uh it's flower specific and i just really you know growing up in northern california with like the hippie weed culture like i love just the whole you know like i i've been sober for a long time this is like my Mm -hmm. you know thc free kind of equivalent but i really like the culture around the like in the in the act of like rolling up a joint sitting there and kind of uh you know and having a moment of like Peace. You know, I was a big cigarette smoker until my body just said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so this is my like new thing. I, for me, it's, there's a very like meditative moment that occurs at the dinner table when I, you know, I sit at the dinner table post dinner with the music. Usually there's like maybe a new book has arrived and I'll just like kind of sit there and, and that's my, when I get to like look at my new book and smoke or like, or scroll eBay like endlessly for watches or dumb shit like I'm, that. But. I, damn, I'm I'm realizing that I'm Bay. I want to go watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and be left alone. And I'm that that kind of TV stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> I can't watch it. <laughs> That's it the makes number me so one. Angry. Those are my programs. So does that mean you're smoking indoors, Matt? I have like a well. This is a point of contention with my girlfriend, but there's a door right next to it. Yeah, no shit. Uh, and, and usually I'd leave the door open, but then we got like some moss. So then I was closing, closing the door. The whole thing. So yes, there is an airflow, but I am smoking, yes, inside, just right next to the door. So you're smoking that outdoor indoors, the joke I was hoping to set up. <laughs> I, mostly it's indoor, indoor, but uh, I'm, I'm growing my own outdoor to smoke that outdoor indoor so that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be coming soon. hashtag humble life yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah my man knows how to wind down i tell you what i don't and this is tight yeah i you're living a, a better life than i realized i mean it looks pretty good but like now that i'm getting the details i'm a little bit i think i need to kind of refocus my energies come over anytime and and, and jump in this life my whole thing is how can I have less stress in like, I've talked about this before, but I have this whole kind of arc of music I do every day. And by the end of the day, it's usually like as low tempo, like crooner, like, or like an old Les Paul, uh, like, like really mellow thing. Cause I basically just like they said, like have to like dictate my mood and energy with music. So I do this whole thing throughout the day. And by the end of that table, it's like, there's an arc. Yeah, there's like generally like a really I'll send you guys a playlist I made that shows the whole arc, but like it Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. Yeah. It, please. It shows the exact like moment at that table where it's just very about like bringing the tempo down like so much so that essentially then I can go to bed and not mm. <laughs> and not be like have the brain raising. What kind of sleep are you getting? You getting 10 hours? What are we looking at? 8 hours? No, hell no. No, I'm like a 5 to 6. Yeah, that's cool too. Damn, do you stay up late? I so when I get into bed my girlfriend is usually asleep after watching her programs <laughs> and then I get to watch my programs. Well, it depends. It depends on the, on, on where I'm at with, if I, if I'm watching a show, if I'm not watching a show, I like go on YouTube and then fall asleep to like really boring, like art talks or yeah. dumb things like that. <laughs> not dumb, but like really slow stuff. So I always fall asleep. I will say this week I've watched two full movies that I didn't fall asleep. This movie Trees Lounge, which was just the most I've told every friend of mine to watch it. 
uh, in the last couple of days, but it was. Is that the name of a dispensary or was this <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah, film? Yeah. <laughs> it's a John Buscemi or John Buscemi, Steve Buscemi movie. John Buscemi's in LA. Shout out to John Buscemi. Yeah, we love truffles. To, truffles yeah, exactly. hot sauce, baby. <laughs> Luso clouds on my feet. Um, but um, no, it's a Steve Buscemi movie. And it was like, it was in 96. And it just visually, I was describing to a friend last night. It was, it's kind of like a Richard Prince mm. piece mixed with like a Stephen Shore photograph turned into a movie. Whoa. Uh, it's it's probably like uh, like Chloe Sevigny's like second movie. She's very young in it, <laughs> uh, and there's a bunch of people you've seen in a lot of things. And it seems like their first or like very early movie for them. But it he's like you know kind of down out living above this dive bar. I'm obsessed with like dive bar aesthetics. And it just, it's just very, it's like very picturesque. What's the name of this film again, Matt? Trees Lounge. Trees Lounge. And I have yes. a, I have a premium Hulu account. Is it available on there or where can I <laughs> find it? Amazon. Amazon. Ah, perfect. I have that account too. Yeah. We're, it, Amazon suggested it to me and I'm very happy they did. And then from there, shout out ago, to, shout out to Amazon. Yeah. Thank you, Bezos. <laughs> uh, you had us at young Chloe. Yeah, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, that's all I need to hear. Not to talk about Smith's Night again, but... Yeah, yeah, back to Smith's Night. Uh, And then I watched this movie, Heart 8, like two nights later, which is like... Love Heart 8. Love Heart 8. So 1996 is clearly the year for movies for me right now. So that's that's my programs that I've been engaging in. But normally I'm just falling asleep, but I was able to stay awake during both of those. My my buddy, our friend of the show, Mikey, suggested Heart 8 for me early quarantine. I I really like that movie a lot. Yeah, I, I'd never it heard great. of it before. I'm not, you know, I'm not Classic a big cinephile. I'm not a big cinephile, so neither am I. I have a lot of close friends that are, and I always feel less than exactly. This is, I found my I found my calling. Same, in, but look, in, usually, in usually I'm better looking and more successful, so they can have their little movies. You know, that's fine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine. You guys, their films. Yeah, you guys have your films. I'll be over here counting money. Movies are what ugly people do to pass the time, right, Chris? That's, no, Jason. That's what you do when you go see Fast Nine with your twizzlers you know that's Fuck what that. That, that's a movie you know it's a film i prefer a twizzler to a red vine but i don't support the fast franchise well matt what one thing that i've that i've sort of taken here as a through line is you have figured out a great way to spend your life cohabitating with your partner while never having to talk to her or see her <laughs> yeah, or interact yeah, with her yeah, in yeah, any yeah. way and this any is tips? pretty cool yeah, any, any tips yeah what do you how do you do that so you just waited you just like i'll be down in the kitchen oh and you just wait it out and then when you start hearing her then you get to then you slink up into bed and then put on one of your boring art talks and you're like baby i'm home i think we've realized that we are like as far as programs go usually on opposite sides of the spectrum but we will meet in the middle uh, we did a reviewing of Sopranos, which we watched obsessively. Great show. Um, when we first started dating, I did every episode of Sex in the City with her. Now we're talking. I enjoyed. Recently, we did a bunch of, uh, we, we found common ground on Law and Order, which I obviously love. Um, sure. So we did a bunch of SVU, but then we also did the new organized crime, which uh, I know a lot of people were stoked on because, you know, I was learning. That's smacking. So one night a week you'll get a couple hours FaceTime, but those other six you're 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 yeah you're 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 taking the robe off and sliding in quietly. <laughs> it's it's you know it's a mix. I mean we will we will have a nice dinner together, and then she just knows she doesn't want to sit at the table. Like I really like sitting <laughs> at the table. She doesn't really like sitting at the table. She wants to go into the living room. It's also like who hasn't been on top of their partner. Uh, throughout all of COVID, it's yeah, of like- yeah, you need the yeah. Well, Jason, Jason, and I have been on top of each other, um, but not not in the mm-hmm. way you're thinking. But I think that the um, <laughs> I think that the the other thing I'm taking away is that this this house sounds big. You know what I mean, Jason? Have you noticed that? It sounds like this guy's got a lot of space over There's there. There's a lot of it's a multi level. Yeah, multi level is is yeah. That's that's you know I know we're in L A, but that still sounds like you got you got a lot of room to spread out. You know, drop the address. King. I made I made a. a a, a lucky purchase a lucky purchase right before the housing market went absolute bananas it was a oh. house that like didn't really have any offers on it when i looked at it and it, it worked out I'm, I'm building my own oasis over there so you know it's Sick. it's kind of like we're talking we're talking about mount washi what, what we're, what we're in mount washington we're in mount washington I, I i had a friend i could almost smell it on you <laughs> <laughs> well to me i i remember going to mount washington my friend tom lived over there 
and uh, with his girlfriend, Jane, who's actually her house, but they both live there. I remember going to visit them and it just felt like Marin where I grew up. And I was like, man, this is, this is where I need to be. And then I used to hike the dogs at Elysian Park all the time. And I would look across at Mount Washington. I remember like one day very clearly being like, that's where I need to live. So when the opportunity, you know, became a reality, I, I jumped, jumped at it. And I, I'm, I'm very happy. It's, you know, it's like 10 minutes from downtown, but you feel. Mm-hmm. very not near downtown at all it's a whole other fucking world why well, I, lo- I gotta say i love this la story me too man i've talked about this with paulie from uncle paulie's a bunch and shout out to uncle paulie yeah shout out to uncle paulie you know, i saw i saw our, our sandwich magnate this morning he was getting his little lift on too oh yeah he i know he's, he's like a big uh him and and uh bronson have been over there a bunch yeah so. they're they're really getting their sweat lift. out all that gabagool you know what exactly, I mean? exactly i should be exactly. doing more of that personally but yeah i mean I, we always talk about you know because I remember, you know, Polly from coming to Sway. We were both living a much different lifestyle, and it's kind of like this, <laughs> you know, this. You come to L.A. land of land of dreams. It's nice to live here. Life. I mean, you know, besides the oppressive heat, the traffic, and the ugly clothes, it's great. I mean, it's really. <laughs> there's no place. I, there's no place I'd rather be. I mean, I, I say that, and that's all true. But I mean, it really is. Like, I, I, I think that the. I think we, as humans, until you realize, I think we underestimate what like weather does to to our mental. For sure, waking up and it being beautiful every day is truly makes life better and easier to to kind of tackle. That's your CBD. That's my CBD. Exactly, it really is. Like yeah. when I wake up and the sun's out every day, it's crazy. It's a whole different experience. Waking up with the sun, like waking you up, is a uh, is mm-hmm. become a requirement now after living here for this. Yes, circadian rhythms, totally. baby. Yeah, I need that. After I wake up from ten hours of sleep and drinking three gallons of water, I you know wake up with the sun, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> meditate for an hour and a half, and then and then go to the gym. So it's it's pretty. I'm living a pretty good life too. Are you a ten hour of sleep guy? I'm, no, but I'm eight plus. You know, not, and I ain't talking about Apple. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it's, uh, I'm um <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> No, I am though. I, I'm a big. I'm like a nine thirty, ten o'clock to like five thirty, six o'clock. I mean, that sounds about normal, I guess. Yeah, it's, I, I just don't. There's nothing for me at night. Like, I just have no reason to stay up. Like, I'm not going to stay up late to work because my work is during the day with people. I'm not going to stay up to like watch TV because nothing is that compelling to me. Um, so it's like it feels that I've, I've. I mean, this has been for at least you know five plus years. This has kind of been the the, the rhythm I'm on. The, the sooner you fall asleep. The sooner you die is sort of Chris's philosophy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, I just love to be well rested. It's also, it's a key to me looking so youthful, I think, is that, and, and you know, we had a trainer on this week, uh, Kirsty Godso, and she was saying that, that sleep is something we neglect and it could, uh, you know, affect our bodies negatively. Not just being sluggish, you know, it could put on some pounds. Do you need a trainer, Matt? My, my exercise life started when my friend Sam w- uh, asked me to come to a soul cycle class where we grew up uh, when we were both home visiting and I looked at him like mm-hmm. he was insane and then I went and I was like oh, that's kind of nice and then like uh, a little while later I like had gone through a breakup and I was like feeling down and I started going a lot like six days a week and then I was I like this. obsessed with that I've also gone through that phase I, I can yeah, fully relate it was great and then there was a period of like running around uh, Silver Lake Reservoir with the dogs like four nights a week I was doing that and then I we built a little like gym in the house so I was doing like you know like a routine with like weights and a peloton and like that kind of thing so I just jump around it's kind of <laughs> right now I've been pretty off though I, I've, it's I, okay I admit, you'll you'll find you'll find your way back we all do I did I did a peloton class the other day and I felt pretty good about it but it sounds like everything else is so dialed for you I think that just some physical activity will put you over the top I mean, I'm just trying to be a superhuman, you know what I mean? Make enough time to listen to like 10 Dean Martin records at the end of the day to calm down. And- <laughs> you're good to go. Damn. What's yeah. your, uh, what's your, what do you put on when you're cooking? When you're cooking in the old La Cochina? In COVID, I got really into, depending on the, like where in the world the meal was from, I would like play music accordingly, which definitely led to like learning about some new music when we'd have like Chinese food. Because I don't know a lot of Chinese music, so I was really digging to try to. Right before COVID, I went through like a hardcore had to master bolognese uh, phase. So I would do like a bolognese once a week, and I would go really hard on Dean Martin and the rest of the crooners. Like sometimes, if I want to really juice it up, I'll throw on like 
Glass House by Billy Joel, like gets me really pumped in the kitchen for some reason. I don't know <laughs> why. I, I love I love Billy Joel in the kitchen. I don't know. That's the, okay. He keeps it going, but you know, we went to this restaurant, Damien, the other night for the first time, and it was one of the better music listening experiences at a restaurant I've had in a long time. I like, and I know people are going to disagree, and this is probably controversial to say, this, but I hate listening to super loud contemporary like don't attack john and vinnie's we do it enough okay so i no, but it's not it's not john it's not just johnny's vinnie's it's everywhere, it's everywhere. Now. It's, you know what i mean to me and and this will probably be controversial i think that little frankie started that yes they did the way they did it was it came on you know like towards the end of the night so it was like a slow progression mm-hmm. to you're getting ready to go to the club so we're we're on the right but like when i go in like at seven and I can't hear anyone I'm eating because the new young thug is like yeah. blasting so loud. It just takes away from a dining experience, personally. No, it does. Welcome to being old. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know I'm old, you know, but I've, I've like, I've literally joked about saying there should be a law that like you can only listen to music at a certain volume in a restaurant. I agree. And one of the best dining experiences I ever had was in Japan. There was this restaurant because my other friend who's like very hardcore about this, we were there together and this restaurant was just playing like ambient noise and it was one of the most beautiful. Jason, that's Jason's dream. Loved it. So nice. Dining to me, that's my version of partying now, like going out to dinner with a couple of people. So I want to talk to them. That's when I want to like. I want to engage. I want to engage. I get it. Yeah. I want to engage while I have my anti-cocktail virgin <laughs> Negroni. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing says yes. cool like a virgin Negroni and and some conversation. Bring me the non-alcoholic cocktails. All of it. You know. All, I love all the like. I'll fake. send. We'll get a case of Gia out over to the house real soon. Is Gia non-alcoholic? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our fa- shout out to our family, Gia, Melanie. We love you. But it still has a very bold flavor. It is a bold flavor. I've been seeing it around. Yeah. yeah I bet you have. In the circles you run in, it's everywhere. I can't find a home bar without it you have enough instagram followers for us to get you a case no problem <laughs> dude i would love some some i love some non-alcoholic beverages let's go baby you know, give me uh, soda and bitters is a is a is my my standard go-to but yeah that's 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 sober 101 right there let baby. us let us uh, let us upgrade you with the Gia spritz matt uh it's, it's been it's been wonderful thank you for joining us yes thanks for having me tell people where they can find you on instagram i know you your, your new book uh you, you put out a, a new a new soft cover version of the book right yes we ju- just released uh the like it's like a laminate so it's somewhere between a soft cover and hardcover version of into the distance they're very like small runs there there's only 600 in existence so you know I, I like everything i try to keep it pretty kind of rare not to overuse that word and yeah matt r mccormick on instagram is where i kind of like actively update stuff um that i'm doing and yeah there's some new one of these days about to release some exciting stuff for that right and also go out and get some Tralagos hard seltzer because you know that's another other uh, venture these days so yeah this guy this guy's got a diverse portfolio jason something we could learn shout out to stevie i'm actually supposed to meet with him next week what do you know grab him some din din beautiful maybe you'll join us matt we'll see yeah let me know i'll be there he'll be repping the we'll be we'll all be repping the Tralago hard seltzer good to see you matt we'll talk to you soon Later. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.